you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message.
me and Armando got to work together. And uh, I found out he's a pretty good drill man. And um, you all have worked hard and enjoyed the fellowshipping together and um, some amazing artistry and talent. Uh, here in a little while, Brother Brandon's going to be coming and praying a blessing over these anointing and dedication over these. But for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the word of the Lord. I did not plan to preach tonight, but it was stressed upon me and pressed upon me to speak tonight. And um, so I'm going to bring what I feel the Lord has given me in the book of Mark, the first chapter and verse number 35. I do not intend to be long tonight. I want to give plenty of time to the conclusion of this service and the altar dedication, but I do want to bring a word to you tonight from Mark chapter 1 and verse number 35. The scripture has already told us that after Jesus had performed miracles that through the evening, and then in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. Everybody say a solitary place. And there he prayed in a solitary place. With the help of the Lord for a few moments, I want to impress upon you the idea that I draw from this passage of Scripture. Everyone needs a personal altar. Everyone needs a personal altar. Father, we need your help tonight to impress the depth of what you are doing through this altar project and over the last few days in homes and families, God, may this be a reminder to us of what you are desiring from us and what can be accomplished in every home and life as we establish and build personal altars. And we thank you for your spirit in this room tonight and thank you for your presence, God, that has been made known and I pray now, God, that your word is imparted with power and anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. If I could have your attention for the next 25 or so minutes, I would like to focus for a few minutes upon the most what I believe the most important altar in the Holy Scripture actually was. And this place is a spot that Jesus frequented often. It was the place where Jesus went to pray. We never read about the construction of a physical altar there, but we do read about a location and the scripture
scripture implies that perhaps this would have been the location that Jesus in Mark chapter 1 would have retired to in a place of solitude in order to pray. This was a private and a personal place of prayer. Thank God for corporate prayer. But we need private and personal devotion. Both are needed. Both are necessary. And both are required. This place that Jesus frequented so often, we know of as the Mount of Olives. If you will give me the liberty tonight, I would like to refer to this location as Jesus' personal altar. Without a doubt, he prayed in other locations, in other places we find that he did. He performed miracles all throughout Jerusalem and in Judea. But we find that there was a spot that he frequented so often to get away into a solitary place to be able to prepare. He spent more time at the altar than performing miracles. The Mount of Olives is a simple limestone hill rising out of the Kidron Valley. The Mount of Olives is located just a stone's throw from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. There is about as much history and prophecy located around the Mount of Olives as there is any place on earth. It was the place where David fled with a broken heart across the book of Kedron as his son Absalom had undermined him and had taken over the palace and overthrown his kingdom. David, weeping, covers his head and bears his feet, the Bible says, and he flees from the city into the Mount of Olives. It was this place where Ezekiel received an amazing visitation that changed his life forever. It was up and down the roads around the Mount of Olives where our Lord traveled day in and day out. If Jesus ever had a place for a personal altar, I would have to believe by correlation of Scripture that the Mount of Olives would have certainly been that location. He spent a lot of time there. Jesus went regularly to this place. Our text tells us that he rose early in the morning, as was customary to him, and he went to this place, I believe the Mount of Olives, and there he was to pray. It was his secret place. It was the place where the Lord went after the Last Supper. He spent a lot of time there with the people that you will recognize, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He traveled to it and spent a lot of time around.
Mount, the Mount of Olives, when visiting Jerusalem. It was the secret place where the Lord went to be in solitude. It was the place where Jesus spent many nights, early mornings before the break of day. The last verse of John chapter 7 explains it all. As you know, the original text, there was no chapter and no verse. So the verse in chapter 8 is a continuation of what had transpired in the last verse of chapter 7. In John chapter 7 verse 53, And every man went out unto his own house. But chapter 8 in verse 1 said, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. If I was to read that in the way that I believe the text would have it, while everybody else went home, Jesus went to pray. This is what separated Jesus from the crowd. Everyone else went to their own house, but Jesus went to his place of prayer. It was from this altar that he cried, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killeth the prophets, how oft would I have gathered thee together as a hen gathered her brood, but thou wouldest not. He wept over the city of Jerusalem there. I was at his personal altar there in the garden of Gethsemane where he prayed with his disciples there on that fateful night. He cried, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. It was there where we see the flashing lanterns from the Roman soldiers coming for him after that he had been betrayed. And when they found him, they found him at the altar praying. Everyone didn't know. Everyone didn't understand. But those closest to him knew where they would find him. They would find him praying at his personal altar. No, I'm not preaching about physical altars, nor am I preaching about a certain location. I'm not preaching about these these replicas of altars that we have built as reminders. But I am preaching to you tonight that everybody needs a place of personal prayer and communion with the Lord. There is one thing that I don't want you to forget from this message tonight, and it is this, he that dwelleth in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Everyone needs a personal altar. And it will be from those, from that Mount of Olives, that Jesus will return for his church. Zechariah the prophet declared in verse 14 that on the Mount of Olives, he will stand and will plant his feet as the king where he had suffered as a servant. He will rule as a king where he had once knelt in agony and he will return to that altar to declare his lordship and rulership over this earth. It was from the Mount of Olives where people picked up branches for the triumphal entry back into 
the city of Jerusalem. They blessed him and they said, Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. There was no place so beautiful, no place so hallowed, no place so heart-searching as the personal altar of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can go there today as I have been and there still stands the same trees. They say that stood over 2,000 years ago, the same garden, the same olive trees where the Lord would have met and would have knelt under still standing there today. One of the most moving and heart-wrenching places that I have ever prayed in 1995. I walked through that city and onto the Mount of Olives. I can't even begin to tell you what I felt as I walked onto that small little hill and looked at those olive trees knowing that if they could talk, perhaps they could echo some of the prayers of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I went and knelt there near a bench under some of those trees somewhere close to the area where the Lord would have prayed, not my will, but thine be done. I offered up prayer that day and I made an altar there. But I come to remind you tonight that while that place was heart-wrenching and that place stirred my thoughts to scripture and memory, it reminds me tonight that although I may not be in that location, nor do I have to be, but he can hear my prayer from 650 East Armstrong Street or 2501 East Wabash Street or from your home or your home or your home. He hears our prayer and everybody needs a personal altar. I come to remind you this evening with all humility and sincerity until we find ourselves an altar where we can commune with God until we find ourselves an altar where we can defeat this flesh until we find ourselves an altar and stay there until his will becomes more important than our will. We're never going to really see too much accomplished. The altar is where we overcome our flesh and the Bible says we need to do it every day. We need to die out every day. I come to tell you it is daily prayer. It is the secret place of your home every day. We need a daily communication with the Lord. Somebody give the Lord praise right now. personal altars. If you want to abide in him, then you must have a personal altar. We all need to pay a fresh visit to our personal altars and get along with God until our flesh dies and we are reborn fresh and anew. 
The altar was where Jesus prayed. If there's any other way for me to avoid this, let it pass. If there's any way for this bitter cup to pass, let me avoid it. But let me tell you this evening that there is no other way. You and I cannot avoid our personal altar of sacrifice. You cannot avoid it. The altar will cause us to deal with our flesh, to deal with ourselves. The altar calls us back to repentance. The altar calls us back to the point and place of beginning. I believe that God is sent this messenger tonight to remind this congregation that we need to get back to daily prayer. Some of us have hung it up and put it on a shelf, but I come tonight to tell you we must get back to daily prayer. The paramount question that I have for you tonight is do you have a personal altar? No, I'm not talking about these beautifully decorated wooden boxes that we have built and call altars that on the inside of them is some very wonderful smelling anointing oil that my wife has created to send home with you to be a blessing to your home and your family. I'm not asking you, do you have a box in your house that you call an altar. I'm not asking you if you have a literal prayer closet. I'm not asking you if you have a bench in your in your house that is called an altar. I'm not talking about all of those, but I'm asking you tonight, do you have a personal place of prayer where you talk to God and where God talks to you? How long has it been since you have visited that altar? And that how long has it been since you stayed there until heaven came down and touched earth? The Mount of Olives was Jesus' sacred place, but where is your sacred place? Because the flesh needs communion with the Spirit. There was no place so sacred to our Master, no place so precious to Him. I can still remember it like yesterday, my childhood altar, the place I went and communed with God. I visited one of those places some time ago. I went and stood in the place where I first repented of my sins, where I committed my life to the Lord for the very first time. A few months ago, I was able to drive by and see the place where I knelt on that Sunday morning and said yes to the call of God. I went back to that place where I said yes, whatever your will is not mine I went back there and I've gone back there time and time again and I pray there over and over again a few nights ago in my home I went back to that personal 
small altar in my home where God has spoken to me so many times, where he's spoken to me in trial, when he's spoken to me in triumph, when he's spoken direction for this church, where he's spoken direction for my family. And I went back there and said, God, I want to hear your voice one more time. Would you speak to me? And heaven came down. When you take the time to build a personal altar, heaven will look down to earth and God will answer. Why don't you lift your hands right now and just give God something from your heart that belongs to him right now. It's a sacred place to me. I want you to take a, I won't be too much longer tonight, but I want you to take a little journey with me, if you would. I want you to remember where you were when God saved you. I don't mean physical location, it may be, but I want you to remember where you were. I want you to remember the pit from which you were driven. I want you to remember what he saved you from and what he delivered you from, and what he kept you from. I want you to remember what God, where God found you. I want you to remember with me tonight how lost you were. I want you to remember how depressed you may have been, how lonely you may have been. Remember with me tonight, would you go there in your mind's eye, and would you remember the mess that your life was in when mercy and grace came along and found you and lifted you up? Remember how everything was wrong and nothing seemed to go right. But along came Jesus. But along came Jesus. But I promise you, every one of you have one thing in common in your testimony. And that is he met you at an altar. He met you at an altar. He met you at an altar. If he met you at an altar tonight, you ought to rise and give God praise. Because he's never ever, ever forsaken you. And when you go back to the altar, he will meet you there. God hasn't left you. God hasn't forgotten you. He will meet you right where he first met you, right back at the altar. Remain standing with me tonight. Let me ask this congregation something that is very personal today. How long has it been since you visited your personal altar? In a moment, we're going to gather here in the front around these little token altars. My wife has worked so hard to plan. Brother and sister newcomer worked so hard. Brother David Townsend and so many others I know I'm missing some they work so hard for our families and children to be able to come and sit down and do an art project together this is so much more than an art 
so much more than just going to church and show off your talents. In a moment, you're going to gather around these little token altars. And we're going to dedicate them to the Lord. But actually, what Pastor Brandon's going to do when he comes tonight, this really, this really is a commitment service or a recommitment service. Because we're going to recommit our life to prayer. I'm going to call you together tonight here around the front. And the first appeal that I make tonight is for those whose altars are up on the platform. I'm going to invite you to come now. To come on and I want you to bring your family with you when you come. I want you to bring children, moms, dads. Bring your whole family with you. And I want you to gather here on the platform. And the second appeal tonight is for those who have altars here across the front. I want you to come then and I want you to gather in around your altar with your family. Heads of household, gather up your children if you have to walk around to get everybody gathered up. Grandmas and grandpas, let's all come in together. Our prayer is that this, these altars will be a reminder of a personal commitment to daily and personal prayer. Families, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, you never get away from the altar. Now that these have come, now I want to invite everyone else to come and gather in very close tonight around these families that are coming for dedication tonight. And your prayers for them are going to be so very important. And I want you to spread out all across here. Form a good line all across behind all of these that are part of the dedication tonight of their altars. Your altar, the place where you commune with God. God communes with No, this altar doesn't have to be the place you kneel every night. My wife has a little display in the corner of our family room, and I walk through and see it all the time. I don't go there. I rarely pay attention to it. This is not something that we need to bow to. There's nothing superstitious about this. These are just little art projects, but they are a reminder. I have two places I pray in my house, three places I pray in my house, two in the same room. But I have a favorite place that I go to. I don't know what that is for you. But in your dedication of your altar tonight, I'm not asking you to go and bow before these little altars that you're building. But I'm asking you to make fresh and new commitments to God that you're going to go to that secret place in your home, that favorite place in your home. And you're going to be more consistent. You're going to be more thoughtful about the daily connection and daily communication and relationship with God. 
every once in a while, we all need to get alone with him, commune with him, that we may strengthen our relationship with him. I close before Brother Brandon comes. Today in my quick throwing together of a few words that God had placed in my spirit, I had to go to the words penned long before I was ever born. Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, thy wings shall my petitions bear to him whose truth and faithfulness Engage the waiting soul to bless. And since he bids me seek his face, believe his word and trust his grace, I'll cast on him my every care and wait for thee, sweet hour of prayer. Would you lift your hands all over this room? Would you just speak to God just for a moment about what you're feeling in the spirit right now, what God is saying to you? That's it. Let's just take a moment and just seek the Lord tonight. Oh, God, have your way in our future. Have your way in our home, Lord. Jesus, we pray. Oh, we long to know you more, God. We long to, Lord, have communion with you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To some of us right now, we're just having a service and there's some extra furniture and different things, but I want to tell you a story about my childhood, if I can. Excuse the emotion. I feel the Lord so strong in this place. But I just want to tell you, Mom and Dad, tonight you're making things that you don't understand what you're doing even in your children's life and the commitment that's been made, Grandma and Grandpa, you're changing culture and the future of this church. When I was probably my daughter's age, or maybe even Moe's, our pastor at the time growing up in church in South Bend, he made us all grab a blanket from home, and he said, make sure it's big enough your whole family can sit on it. The worst hour and a half of my life. Concrete floors, and we're all scrunched on this crocheted purple, gray, white and black blanket 
My mom probably still has it. I don't know what was preached hardly, but I'll never forget. I'll never forget that moment. It's the first time I remember my dad laying hands on us and praying, God, have your way in my boys. God, touch and move in my children. And so tonight as you stand here, and it seems like, well, I didn't participate. I have nothing to offer. I'm telling you, you're making landmarks in your children's lives. And it's important, it's important to remember these days. So as we commit to a changed home, I pray, and I want us to pray together that God would work something anew that lasts more than a season, but that it would last all year, and that it would take us to next year's awakening and next year's consecration. I want us to pray together, and mom and dad, if you've got babies, hold them close. If you're here alone, that's okay. You just reach out to the Lord and watch him reach back out to you. But I want to pray that God would burst something in us that would make us be stronger than 21 or 40 days. Lord, we thank you tonight. God, we come before you, Lord, tonight asking that you would have your way in us. Lord, in my every breath, God, let me pray and seek your face. Lord, as my home becomes a church, God, and every couch and every bed becomes an altar, God. Lord, as every piece of furniture, God, every table becomes a place of communion. Lord, have your way in our homes. Lord, have your way in our homes, God. Touch our children, Lord, we pray. Have your way in our brothers and our sisters, God. Lord, touch the widow, God. I pray, Lord, your hand would be upon us. Let us seek your face all the day, God, through every situation, Lord. Lord God, through every situation, Lord, we come before you. Oh, that's it, church. Take a moment. Let this mean something in your family. sing a song here that we sang before pastor preached a message I won't soon forget but the scripture reads like this in Numbers chapter 6 the Lord spoke to Moses saying speak to Aaron and his sons saying this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel say to them the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance or his face upon you and give you peace so shall so they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless As they begin to sing this song together, I wonder if you would begin to bless your children and your neighbor. You'd begin to pray with them, and as you seek his face, let's sing this together that God would have his way tonight. That God would change this church and its future, Lord, that, that you would bless us. Can you reach out and begin to ask him to bless your home? Lord, bless our lives. Lord, bless every part of my life, God. Lord, in finance, God, I pray that you bless us. Lord, I pray that you bless my children with ministry, God. Let them be sons and daughters of you, I pray. That's it. Whether you sing or pray, why don't you just pray blessing? Do as the scriptures say. Bless my children. And my face will be upon you. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it, church. That's it, Lord. We love you, Jesus. family to family. Why don't you find someone to bless a little bit? Find someone to reach out to just for a little bit. first altar that was built that the Bible talks about was Abraham. I don't know if it was the first, you'll have to forgive me with Noah, but when the covenant was being made, 
was going to go and build an altar, he simply looked at the men because some of us might wonder, what's the altar all about? What do I do with this box I've just built? In my family, I've got a a Bible from my grandpa. I made myself a little shelf, and I made sure in that it's going to have his Bible. It's going to have old swords. It's going to have things that I can go back to and say, what did he highlight? What don't I see that he saw? And we have a lid. We have simple things. Again, it's nothing magical. We're not trying to point to it. But in every single one of them, they place oil. It's up to me as a father of my house, as a priest of my home, to anoint my home, to anoint my pillow, to anoint my children. And so that's some place I'm going to place that. I challenge you, maybe you don't know what to do when God speaks to you. Write it down and place it in the altar a little bit. Have a keepsake. Have a little safe where you and God have a place to commune. It was never about the box. Because when Abraham and Isaac were standing there, just a little boy, simply said you guys stay here while the lad and I go and worship I don't know what else to do on an altar sometimes but if I can take my family well I don't have family okay if I can just take myself the Bible talks about being a living sacrifice I just gotta take myself but I've got kids I've got an obligation It's time I take my children and I go and I worship. I go and I worship until he goes and becomes my sacrifice. It's up to me, mom and dad. They're going to sing this again. I challenge you, grab a child's hand. Don't you go from me. You stay right here. We're going to worship. As a church, I hope you'd grab someone's hand next to you. I don't know what it looks like in your home. I'm not saying we have to run aisles. But Lord, help us teach our children to worship. Lord, help us teach our children. I I charge us with that tonight. Lord, let us be a worshiping church. Let us be a church that prays, that knows the voice of God. Let us be a church that reaches out for Him. As they sing, why don't you worship God for just a little bit tonight? Why don't we take a moment and just get lost in Him tonight?